Welcome back to season two of the Catholic Buzz podcast. We're so happy that you're back with us, that you're joining us again, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening uh, to our podcast on all sorts of places you can listen to it. My name is Father Daniele, and I am joined again for season two with uh, Josh Josh Sullivan. I <laughs> forgot your name. It's been so long. It has been, yeah. 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 And Matt Van Milligan over here. Hello. Matt, uh, we renewed your contract for this yeah. season. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, you agreed to a pay increase of 1,000%. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> I didn't get that. Did you? 1,000% of zero, yeah. 1,000% yeah, 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 of zero. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> well, 1,000%. You always get 1,000% of the compliments on any of our <laughs> messages. So there. There you go. It's good to be back here. Yeah, uh, you new know, set. new set. You know, we got some new digs. Yeah, this yeah. Uh, time around. So it's um, exciting. Yeah, this one is permanent too, so we don't have to like take it down. If people remember, like when the church, we were taking it down between every mass and then having to right. set it all up again. And so this is kind. Of, I mean, we don't have Jesus. We're not with Jesus like we right. were in the church. But here is it's nice. It's, exactly, and hopefully we'll have uh, many more great conversations in this studio. Yeah, right? I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, many more uh, memories. You know, good episodes and, you know, probably bad episodes, <laughs> too, that are coming. So uh, it has been a while since we've been together, right? And mm-hmm. the church just started a brand new year with the season of Advent. It's a brand new liturgical year, right? So we're back with the new year, with the yeah. new church year. And so much has happened since we last left off, right? Lots have happened in the... In the lots w- of buzz. Lots of <laughs> buzz that we can be talking about. So we are going to get to those things in the, in the coming weeks. We're going to be talking about uh, some of those things, right? Uh, but because we are in the season of Advent, mm-hmm. today... Just like it's our second coming to yeah. the podcast, right? It's our return. We're going to be talking about Jesus's second coming because honestly, I, I think that um, you know people don't really understand it really well. Like, is Jesus coming here? Like, what's happening when Jesus? What's happening at the end of our life or the end of time? You know. So I think it's good because. The first three weeks of Advent, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about focusing on the second, second coming, coming. And then we switch over Jesus. to the first coming. Yeah, I know. Because yeah. most people think like Advent is like preparing for Christmas. Yeah. You know, but it really, the first three weeks is to prepare for the second coming of Jesus. What does that mean for us in our lives, right? And then once we hit the final week of Advent, then we're focusing on More the first on coming of Jesus, his birth, uh, right, at Bethlehem. So uh, what what are your thoughts? Like, how did you guys come to understand the second coming of Jesus? Was that something that you always understood, like when you were coming into the church? Yeah, so my, my understanding of it changed when when I came into the church, because I, I, uh, I've always been a little interested in kind of eschatology or like the, the study of the end times or because... Um, you know, you, you read through scripture, you're, you're invested in the Bible, right? You, you read Revelation, you read, like you yeah. have these these questions that are like, okay, what's this going to look like? Um, but one of the things for me that, um, you know, coming from a Protestant background uh, was significant was uh, we, d- we describe uh, Christ in our liturgy, liturgy as, you know, the one who was, who is, and is to come. Um, from my Protestant background, um, like you always have this idea of like, Jesus was that is like this historical figure, yeah. um, you know, initiated Christianity. I'm a member, and I anticipate, you know, the second coming, the you know, the end times or whatever. So like we have, Jesus was and Jesus is to come. Um, but something that uh, really struck me about kind of the sacramental aspect of the church is that Christ is present. That yeah. like yeah. that's here, yeah. present right you now. You have the historical event of the incarnation. 
He's like, but you have Christ present with us in the Eucharist, and you have Christ coming yeah. in the end time. Do you guys remember before the translation of the New Roman Missal in 2011? Yeah. I think yeah. it was yeah. the the acclamation we used to we used to say. Uh, I guess I don't know if Matt, if you remember. Yeah, I, I just came in. Right, because yeah. it was. Remember, do you remember the acclamation we used to say? We used to say, "Christ has died." Christ, Christ is risen, risen. Christ, Christ will, will come, come again. again. And then that got changed with the we new translation. Yeah. But we were reminded of that every time we celebrated Mass. There's a, Christ will come again. It's a couple times throughout the Mass. I mean, one of the big ones is the we very first time when we open up was with the Creed. When we, when we say right. the Creed together after uh, the homily and stuff like that. The Creed says, you know, we, we talk about Christ. Uh, what are the words there? He will come again to he, judge. He'll the come living again. And yeah, the exactly. Dead. Thank you. Yeah, he'll come yeah. again to judge the living and the dead. And then, as well, after the Our Father, the words that you say, right? Yes. And yeah. so those. What What are those? <laughs> yeah, those <laughs> the words, words again. that I say. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, Deliver us, Lord, from every, every evil. evil. Grant us right. And then, uh, but but the most important part is the is the last part. I think that we were talking about, right? That it says, uh, "By the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin, yeah. right, and safe from all distress, as we await the, the com- blessed yeah. hope mm-hmm. and the, the com- coming of our yeah. Savior Jesus Christ." Like that's our prayer. Yeah. We're praying for this this uh, second coming to come. So, so do Catholics believe in the second coming? I don't know. <laughs> like when you when you talk to Catholics and stuff, do, do they think it's just something like, "Oh, that's nice, Jesus"? Because like even for me, yeah, like you think like, do we like do I honestly think like Jesus may return tomorrow? Like it's not at the forefront of my mind, but it should be. I think sometimes we get mistaken with with the Eucharist being the second coming. Does that make sense? So people are, are think that, okay, well, we have the Eucharist, and that's what they're talking about, the second coming. So Jesus is never really going to come again. It's it's here here in the Eucharist, and that's what we're praying. Because I know that that was explained to me one time, and uh, I was I was corrected after I thought that, you know. Um, but Jesus' sacrifice in the Eucharist is, like, radioing back to the time of his sacrifice on mm. the cross. So it's not his second coming necessarily in that case. Yeah. Jesus is coming again. You know what I mean? Like, that's... And that's something... Yeah, and I just don't. I just don't know if we if we really understand it with urgency, mm-hmm. right? Because the church says that we should understand the second coming yeah. of Jesus with urgency, like that it should affect our life now. So I, there was something that I was reading about with where where the man can't even man won't even be able to come indoors at that time. I'm trying to remember if it was something the saint said or if it was something that was actually in the Bible, but it was talking about the second coming and just that a man wouldn't be able to get off his roof and come indoors. Like that's how fast it's going to happen. And no one knows the time or the hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when we're talking about that, like it's not something that you're, oh, there's an asteroid that's going to hit earth. Christ is coming. We've got, yeah. you know, 24 hours yeah. or whatever what, it is. I think that's an important aspect when you say, like uh, Jesus said, nobody knows the time or the hour. And yeah. it's, it's funny um, that the apostles, that the, that the disciples kept asking. <laughs> It's yeah. like, okay, but but when? Like, <laughs> give me a time. Um, so because, how about now? Because we want to know. And, and historically, this has happened at various points that, like, people read the, read, read the signs, look for the yeah. things that Jesus said. And, you know, Jesus said, nobody knows the time or the hour, but when it happens, it will be clear. Yeah. Um, Do you think that because... Like you know, when you the re, the writings of Saint Paul, for example, you know, like first he's telling people, you know, don't even bother getting married, um, mm. you know, don't find a job or whatever it might be, because Jesus is returning. Like even Saint Paul thought that Jesus is coming back, like in now. his time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then there was this understanding. It's like you know what, Jesus has set 
us forth to live as the church. And then they started to kind of group themselves together to be like, okay, maybe he's not coming right now and he's left us with this uh, with this mission to yeah. go and proclaim the gospel. So do you think like we, we sort of take it for granted now because of like, first, because it's been 2,000 years where... Um, yeah. You know, well, like, yeah, I, I think I think people tend towards maybe two extremes. Some yeah. some yes. ignore okay. entirely, yeah. um, and some are very preoccupied, or in in, in many cases very fearful yeah. um, of you know interpreting what's happening right now in the church, in culture, in you know everything as you know this this is the great this is the sign this is the great apostasy the this is what's yeah. happening and people you know are having very you know profitable publishing careers and successful YouTube channels kind of perpetuating or capitalizing on that fear. Um, is this what on, we're doing with our episode no, today? Yeah. <laughs> no, on the one hand, uh, well, no, it, it depends what you do with the reality of the second coming, I think, yeah. is, yeah. is whether you say this is a, a reason to be fearful or uh, to be hopeful and to be prepared. I think, I think, and if we're situating this within Advent, a season of preparation, I think that's the most appropriate response. But the other extreme is, well, we don't know the time or the hour, so who cares? Why, why bother? Yeah. Um, which I don't. I don't think either of those extremes is. is yeah, because helpful. like for the for the last couple of weeks before we started the season of Advent, like the readings, because we were heading towards the end of the liturgical year, like the readings were eschatological yeah. in nature, right? Like the stars and the sun and the moon will yeah. will the clouds will come and you'll see the Son of Man and the clouds, all these things, and then you know that was the end of the of the church year. But then right back at the first Sunday of Advent, like this past Sunday's reading was the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, the stars and the, and the sun and the moon will be darkened and like all these things. So you have people like read you or hear this message and you're like, well, that sounds scary, but oh, well, like, well, like what does it mean to me? Yeah. It's, not, it, it's not relevant. And it's not relevant, maybe. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and historically, people would kind of cite a few false alarms. They would say that, okay, these, um, when... Jesus and even some of the, the apostles are talking about, you know, the things that are to come. Some of the prophecies that were made apply to um, uh, the sacking of the temple that happened 70 AD. You mm -hmm, have mm -hmm, um, uh, some people saying, you know, at the fall of the Roman Empire, um, that, That's you know, it. this this is precipitating the end times because, you know, all of these things are happening. It's a time of great distress. You have um, into the, the Crusades um, where uh, some of the Crusaders... Uh, re reclaiming Jerusalem, they and some of them thought they were um, accelerating the um, end times. Yeah, the apocalypse <laughs> by because you know that was that was one of the the signs or one of the interpretations of Revelation. Um, again, looking at our times, people are saying, you know, a, a mass departure from from Christianity and religion and turning towards secularism and all of these things as you know interpreting a sign. But we've seen this before too in you know the the French Revolution in the yeah. Renaissance and. Um, so you have these events in history. Um, when I was doing my, my thesis, one of my friends was doing his thesis in history, um, and he actually wrote about this. He said that, that like um, so many generations and epochs in history have seen their generation as the last generation yeah. and interpreting you know, the turmoil that's going on as an else. indication that the, the end is coming. So I think, uh, to answer your question in a really long and roundabout way. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, no, no, that, yeah. that we have kind of been historically desensitized to yeah. these signs or these symbols that you know, we, we should, should at least 
you know, uh, give us uh, either hope or, you know, cause for preparation. So I want to like talk about that a little bit more yeah. because there are people who say like, you know, there are people who say the rapture is coming, yeah. like it's going to be on this date and this time, right? Uh, and then we as Catholics, uh, you know, we'll say like we don't believe in that, right? Because no one knows yeah. the, the day or the hour. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, there are people who are so obsessed with it. There are people who just kind of like, oh, don't worry about it, right? And, and but, but we, like, how, how, how do we prepare for it without living in fear or without... You know, like, how do we take Jesus's message seriously? Like, yeah, he's coming again. I, I think it's the focus of um, going on a really bad trip or going on a really good trip. If you're, if if you have, if your idea is that you're going on a really bad trip, you're going to dread it. So if if your if your focus is, oh my goodness, it's the end of the world, we're all going to die. There's a fear there, and there's a um, a dread there for it coming, and so you're going to prepare in a bad way. But if your if your understanding is, oh my goodness, we're all going to die, and we're going to live with God. This is awesome. Like this is where we're called to be at the end, anyways. This is like, not that we want to do it early, but but mm. like we're going to be so happy when we get there. It, then our preparation becomes something different. It becomes about prepping for the good trip, and everything that we do. Even though it's a chore, whether it be cleaning the house before you go on this trip or packing the lunches and stuff, can be can be focused on, okay, this is a good thing. So all of our preparing for Advent, I mean, we do it every single year. We're called to remember and prepare every single year. So it's obviously important that we do it. Yeah. It's a whole season, right? Like there's the, the front beginning of Advent. So preparing in a good way, preparing with hope, preparing with the idea in mind that this is where we're our final call and our final resting place is heaven. Like that's where God wants mm-hmm. us to be. And we're going to have everything we need there. You know what I mean? So not dreading about all the fearful stuff that, you know, we, we worry about. So let's just, let's, let's just delve into that fear yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Right. Like that's obviously we were saying that like, that's not the purpose. No, right? that's not the purpose at all is to fear the Lord uh, in this way. Like we should, we should, we should be hopeful to meet the Lord at the end of our, of our life. But let's talk about the fear a little bit because, uh, you know, he will come to judge the living and the dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this going to look like? Like, what, what, you know, Jesus is second coming. Now, remember, we will be judged whether Jesus comes or whether we die, right? Whatever comes first. Mm-hmm. So upon our death, We're gonna we'll be judged. Be judged. Yeah. Um, when, the, when the Lord comes again, we will be judged, mm-hmm. right? So what does the church teach about this judgment that we're going to receive at, at the Lord's second coming or at the time of our death. Uh, everything yeah. will be known. Everything will yeah. from dark will come so, to light. Yeah, there are two yeah. judgments uh, yeah. in, that uh, identified in the catechism. And the one that you're talking about is the initial judgment where um, we're given an aspect of the beatific vision. So we yeah. see the implication of all of our actions um, in life. And the um, beatific vision, for people who've never heard that term before, um, is like how God sees things, I guess, eh? Yes. So how, um, so the beatific vision that, that God possesses or, you know, that, um, that, that we, re- the full beatific vision that we right. re- uh, receive at the second judgment is how all things work into God's perfect plan for salvation. Yeah. 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 And so we will see that. We'll see our part in that. Yes. So Which that's going to be so interesting. Yes. Yeah. But that's that's the occasion for us our conversion. Yeah. Because you know, we 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 talk we even even when we're preparing for confession or 
other sacraments, we, you know, we tap our memory. We're, we're working with, you know, limited data or information. We don't know how we've injured other people. We don't know the implications of our sin. Yeah. When we're, we're given that knowledge, presumably that, that informs how we respond to meeting Christ at our end. It's going to be something, eh, to, to, to see that all. Like, look at, you know, we're going to, maybe at the end times, we're going to see how we affected Matt. So, <laughs> like, in a negative way. I, I was and thinking, And we like, didn't even know. When I when I turned that corner on the red light and cut off that person, uh-huh. <laughs> how I either ruined their day. Ruined their day for sure. Or I saved them from a horrific traffic accident. That's you know true. what I mean? Like, uh, you never know. But, like. <laughs> I think of the latter always. Yeah, I know. It's kind, of, it's kind of intriguing to be like, wow, I wonder what kind of effect that I, you know because yeah. because people do have an effect on people that you don't mm-hmm. always realize yeah. right that so you know especially you know as, as a parent like you guys are or mm-hmm. people who work in ministry or just as a person going around you, you don't always know the effect you have on people so it's gonna be interesting to see but <laughs> the other thing is you don't always know the negative impact yeah. you're mm-hmm. having on people right so but i would rather have a p- positive impact like positive effect with a few negatives that I screwed up with, then have no effect. Does that make sense? Mm. I would it rather. Depends. It's for the Lord to judge. I guess. You're, I, you're right. Uh, I, I guess so. Know. I guess so. Like, but I, I would rather. I would rather see myself having gone out there and tried, than sit in front of the couch and the TV all day. I'd rather have gotten involved with stuff and been part of ministry and use the gifts and talents God gave me to try to do something with it versus yeah. hide away with like, well, you know, I don't want to be judged, so I'll, I'll sit back at the couch. You know what instead I mean? Of, yeah, instead of just doing nothing, I exactly, guess. Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, sure. I, yeah, I don't want to say that I've done anything wrong. You know, I, if I could just be perfect as I am, then. <laughs> but uh, if you ask my wife and kids, that's not always possible, so. Yeah, okay. So um, there are also the scriptures talk about signs, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, from the fig tree learn its lesson, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, or when you see these things happening, mm-hmm. you know, just like you interpret the weather, just like you interpret the sign, you should be interpreting the signs of, you know, the time that the yeah. Lord is coming, right? So what yeah. signs are we looking for? Well, um, so yeah, there there are... There are a number of signs, and there are a number of sources for the signs. So you'd say that, like, from Jesus himself, he said, yeah, uh, like, uh, wet weather is, is a really kind of great analogy that it's like, you're so good at, like, you know when it's going to rain. It's like, but your your spiritual sensibilities are not as well there. developed. Yeah. But even even in the other parables that he uses when he's talking about um, the uh, the lamps and the oil and the, uh, the wicks, it's like, Keep your lamp <laughs> burning oil brightly. full, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and keep yeah, yeah. your wicks trimmed yeah. because you yeah. don't know the hour. Or, yeah. or yes. That's that uh, all all of his um, uh, teaching is aimed at. You don't know when this is happening. Be prepared. Be prepared. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, even Saint Paul in, in Thessalonians, he's talking about like these are the things that are going to happen. So he, he says, don't um, when people say that Jesus has already come again, or that you know the second coming is now, and you don't have kind of proof or evidence of that. He's like, two things are going to happen. Um, there's going to be um, what he calls kind of a great apostasy. That there's going to be a, a, uh, an en masse turning away from. From Christianity and from from Jesus again, which we have historical precedent for at numerous points. Mm-hmm. So again, yeah. um, this is this is going to be a big deal. Um, Jesus himself says it's going to be a time of great distress, and the Catechism as well says it's going to be a considerable trial for the church, church. and and for the world. So yeah. in terms of signs we're looking for, um, again, those are 
the, the, those are what we're looking for. But again, you, you have people interpreting that at various okay. times, and a lot of people's experience of this. Yeah, because in you know, every time you can say like, oh, now people yeah. are turning away from the church. Now it must be the end times. I yeah, mean, people said that twenty years ago. People said that a hundred years ago. Oh, well, and the, the guy on the street corner with the cardboard sign has been now. saying it every day for <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like, but that, that's existed. one of these things that desensitizes us to the reality of yes. you know we need to be prepared for. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I just wanted to. to like there's a catechism of the church that uh, we kind of talked, we kind of threw it on the screen this past weekend uh, yeah, yeah, at, at mass, you know, because it says before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers, mm-hmm. right? So that's what uh, that's what uh, we were talk- you were talking about there. But it says this: the persecution that accompanies her pilgrimage on earth will unveil the mystery of iniquity. In the form of a religious deception, offering people an apparent solution to their problems <laughs> at the price of apostasy from the truth. Like, what, is this, what does it yeah. mean? If, we're, if you know, the persecution that accompanies the pilgrimage on earth of, of, like, um, of the church is, is this religious deception, yeah. right? Where it's going to lure people to another truth, let's say, yeah. you know, at the, at the price uh, falling away from their faith. Like, I yeah. think it's just a, like you read this stuff and you're like, wow, like the church is bang on. Then this is really cool. Not really cool, but really interesting. Uh, the supreme religious deception is that of the Antichrist. The yes. Antichrist. A pseudo-messianism by which man glorifies himself in place of God and of his Messiah come in the flesh. The Antichrist. We haven't even touched on that yeah. because no, that's, that's a, a big topic. part yeah. of the... You know, and it's really funny because, you know, people will say, how many people have said for ages, like, oh, this, that Pope is the Antichrist or that leader is the Antichrist. You know, like, I think every Pope we get or every, yeah, every leader that comes in, people don't like, yeah, like, that's it. This is the one we've been looking for, you know? Yeah. Um, But anyways, so the Antichrist deception already begins to take shape in the world every time the claim is made to realize within history that messianic hope, which can only be realized beyond history through the eschatological mm. judgment. Like, it, it's just so, oh, like, it, it just it wraps it all up. Oh, yeah. 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 With a bow. I was thinking about the, what, you were, what you were saying, actually, when you specifically said the French Revolution yeah. and how much I realized, oh, my goodness, you're right. The French were left. But what did, what did the Americas think during the French Revolution? Did they think it was the second coming at that time? No, because it didn't affect them. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And how the West right now is going through some turning ways of what we call the nuns, right? The people that have no faith yeah. or that N-O-N-E-S. proclaim to have no faith. Exactly. Just to clarify. The, yeah, yeah, N-O-E- yeah. N-O-N-E-S. Yeah, the nuns. They have no faith. And we talk about that in the turning away of what we had as a Catholic or even Christian um, country of Canada, and as we slowly see people turned away and everything else, but in the in Africa, they, the faith is booming. You know what I mean? Even to the point of like in North America right now, they just did some surveys and stuff, and that the number of baptisms is lower uh, than it's ever been in North America. However, the number of Catholics is more than it's ever been 
in Canada and in North America. And what that means, what they're saying is, well, we got more people from outside the country moving in as Catholics. Mm -hmm. And so we know we have like tons of these people moving from different countries coming in that are Catholic. And so we got a bigger church in Canada now than we ever had even though it doesn't feel like that sometimes, especially maybe not in Northern Ontario, yeah. right? Right. But that's because in, in other places, maybe in other dioceses or other, you know, where international people are moving into, there is a church that's booming at those places. Mm-hmm. Um, and so where we think of as, as North America, oh, this is the end times, this must be it now. Well, other places in the world aren't feeling that. You that's know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. So always having that hope and always being pre- being prepared. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know the hour or the time, yeah. but being prepared and knowing where it is, if I die tomorrow, or if Christ comes tomorrow or tonight before the podcast is done kind of thing, you know, like which one is, which one, I'm going to still be okay with what I've done, right? <laughs> Please don't die on the air. Yeah. That would be, <laughs> this would just be. It will get you a lot of views. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And you, you know, you brought up another good point is, uh, you know, this, this understanding of, of the internet, right? Because some people um, I guess some people take it more seriously than others, but this is the point that we focus on on Advent is to be prepared, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Is to be prepared for those for the time. Whether, like you said, <laughs> you could die tonight, or tomorrow, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, one aspect, though, I wanted to talk about too about this is that things that we keep in the dark, eh? this whole thing mm-hmm. about keeping in the dark, yeah. will be brought to the light. I know we touched on that with the beatific vision, but like. Yeah, you know that scripture always. I always think about this. This might sound weird, but you know, I always think about this when, like, you're you're tempted to do something like awful or whatever. Yeah. You know? And you, there's that scripture about shout it from the rooftops. What you think will be kept in silence mm-hmm. or in the dark will be will be shouted from shouted the, yeah. from the rooftops. And it's like so like just the embarrassment of having like your sin shouted from the mm-hmm. rooftop for yeah. everyone. You know, but that's that's. The reality. That's the reality of what's going to happen. Yeah. Now, okay, you know? question here then, because as Catholics, we believe with confession, those things are wiped clean, forgotten. Do those past sins then get shouted from the rooftop? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not, I'm not qualified to answer just because yeah. I was thinking, yeah. Well, just because, I mean, part of it, what I think about is, is I mean, this going into a whole other topic, but purgatory and the need yeah. for purgatory, even yes. though, because like what we were saying, like your sins might not get shouted if, you, if you've if you gone to confession and you wipe those clean, but still the effect is there. The so, effect of your sin is still yeah. there. Is there. So like when I when I cut off this person on purpose or whatever, the I mean, I keep, or I stole that one cookie from the cookie jar and that caused a whole dissension amongst the classroom or whatever the case may be. Um, those effects of my sin are still there and the the purpose of purgatory and yeah. we talked about that on other podcasts but you can still see that in the beatific vision right yeah well and and, and i would think because like e- even just the practice of confession we're used to kind of itemizing our sins that it's yeah. like <laughs> ma- make, making a list but it's like given given a beatific vision it's not you know a numeric this and this and this and this it's the whole picture yeah so you yeah. see it all at once so yeah. i think um, yeah, I, I don't think we can can approach it or even, you know, make evaluations of, of you know, what, what counts, what doesn't or like what <laughs> what still requires. Because even so, we 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 we, are, we receive absolution for those things, even though um, our repentance of those things can't be as complete as it would be if we had perfect knowledge. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I, again, I, I, it would be very difficult to qualify any answer to that question. Yeah. So how <laughs> do I brought it up? Yeah. Like, how, now we're in the season of Advent. Like, how do we live in hope about this second coming? Like, how do we shift our thinking of, like, the doom and gloom 
dread you know, and and dread and try and understand the second coming of Jesus in like uh, this hopeful expectation that we're supposed to have. Well, it's it's tough because we do have, you know, Jesus himself saying this is going to be a very distressful time. Yeah. We do have the uh, catechism saying this is going to be a period of trial. This is going to be difficult. So if, if you're expecting some kind of light, airy, fairy, you know, end time, that isn't reflective of the reality that 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 we expect or that we that we that, that the church teaches um but we the the hope or like the the i think the the fruitful approach um is to uh, uh approach it the same way that christ approached the cross that it was like it's it's not it's unpleasant as you know expressed in his prayer in gethsemane like if this can be taken from me Take it from it, but not my will be done. Yeah, that it's like we we acknowledge that this isn't going to be pleasurable. This no. isn't going to be. But like even when Jesus says, you know, I lay down my life. No one takes it from me. I lay it down, but I take it up again. Yeah. So if we if that's our attitude, um, you know, coming into the end times, coming into our own death, that it's we we adopt the perspective of Christ because you know He's adopted us <laughs> into into that um, salvation, into that, you know, the, the cross doesn't remain the cross. The cross becomes the symbol of life. Yeah. Um, it, it's amazing. That's, yeah. that's like the best way to, <laughs> you know, that, like we're just, we have to model Jesus in these things, right? We have to uh, embrace things like he does, you know, because um, with without doing that, we won't understand or we yeah. won't be able to do it. We won't, we won't be able to find that hope yeah. or that and joy. And Advent is our opportunity to, exactly. do that. to take that seriously. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was thinking exactly. where the dread comes from, too. If, if the dread, for me, the dread comes from the loss of materialistic things, mm-hmm. the loss of 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 our my relationship with loved ones or whatever the case. Well, you got to realize realize a couple of things. First of all, the relationship with loved ones, you have a complete like your relationship with loved ones is complete in God. Well, you know what I mean. And so when you die and go with God, the, that completeness is filled. You know, and that's what we talked about. Um, they talked. Jesus talked about like no one's going to be married in heaven and all that kind of like all that. But but that loss of materialistic things. If we remember way back in the olden days that that advent used to be about giving stuff up at that time too right is is preparing your heart by giving things up by not being attached to the things that you're going to lose or miss and that's what makes like for me oh my goodness i'm gonna lose my house oh i'm gonna lose my like that's not important you yeah. know what i mean so if if i'm if i'm dreading it because of my fear of losing materialistic then i have to start focusing on preparing like preparing myself to be okay with not having materials yeah you know what i mean and, and focusing on that so that anyway just yeah and if we're living our life here you know yeah. for the lord yeah you know whatever trials may come whatever it's going to look like whatever it might you know seem when it when the time comes we continue to do what we're doing here move towards the yeah. lord in all things that we do yeah. right it's going to be difficult it's going to be you know not what we expect uh, but i think uh if we're if we're trying our best, like the season of Advent presents to us, to find that hope in the Lord, to, to trust Him more, yeah. you know, then we just keep moving towards Him with all that we have. And uh, I, the good discussion today. I love yeah. being back. Hey. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Yeah, it's yeah, nice. yeah, it was fun to be back. It's been <laughs> way too up. long. I wow. know time's up already <laughs> uh, on this episode. I'm glad we talked about this because uh, some misconceptions about this, right? And and Advent is the perfect time to be uh, talking about this, especially because the first three weeks we're focusing on, on that. Then we will be uh, heading towards the first coming of Jesus, mm-hmm. which 
also has implications yeah. for us in, in yeah. new ways for our spiritual life. Okay? So thanks for joining us on our first episode back of the season two of the Catholic Buzz. Uh, as always, you can write your comments, questions, things uh, that you maybe uh, didn't understand or things we didn't explain well. You can send us an email at any time at the Catholic Buzz Podcast at gmail.com. And we will send them right to Matt, who will answer <laughs> them for you. Okay, it's been fun to be back. And uh, for Josh Sullivan Take and Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz.